Hello, and welcome to Sizzling Arrow Outdoors, where we learn to cultivate, harvest, and prepare clean, organic food. I am Paul Rhodes, host and founder of the podcast and the company known as Sizzling Arrow Outdoors. So today's show, we're going to be discussing why it's important to introduce our children to healthy eating habits early and get them involved in the process of cooking and preparing and just showing them where the food comes from, getting down and doing the nitty gritty. It really gives them an extra appreciation for what they are eating. I personally feel it's very important that our children learn the how, what, and why behind the food they eat, especially when they're little. If we explain and show them how to cook properly, pick the proper food, and make it known that healthy food is delicious, not gross, or difficult to make, they will make healthier choices throughout their life and ultimately live longer and happier. I mean, for me, you know, personally, I want my children to live a long, prosperous life and be healthy and be able to really enjoy enjoy life till their end days. So with giving them the proper nutrients and proper food, that's one way that I can ensure that they are going to do that. Now, only God knows when that time will come or what's in store for them, but at least we can partake in making sure that they are healthy to the best of our ability. And I know that I am not the only one that feels this way and wants their children to be healthy and live the longest possible life that they can. Personally, I don't want my children being overweight, having clogged arteries, diabetes, or heart disease when they get older or even now as children, it kind of adds on to it. I mean, as kids, you can pretty much eat anything you want and still be okay as long as you do it in moderation. If we as parents now take the easy route and purchase fast food consistently, have that as like one of our main kind of dinner options or go to the frozen food section in the grocery store, pick out like frozen pastas or pizzas or corn dogs, stuff like that, that's going to add to to the health issues that they may incur later on in their life instead of eating fresh home-cooked meals, vegetables, and of course the list goes on. You know, I want my children and all children to be full of energy, in shape, and able to enjoy life, not just now, but on through the rest of their life as well. You know, I want them to understand and appreciate what the food is, where it comes from, and the qualities and benefits that fresh, organic, home-cooked meals, homegrown vegetables, farmer-raised food, or you know, even uh, wild-harvested game has for you and them. They should be able to identify the hidden threats we find in the majority of our food and have the skills to be independent from genetically modified products, as I've mentioned before. You know, we don't want them to be dependent on these things or depend on other people to provide the food for them. They, they should be able and capable. So as most people would agree, our children are the most important parts of our life and also one of the most important parts to the society that we live in. Clearly, they are the future. They're going to be stepping into your footsteps as soon as you pass on from this life and carry on your legacy and all the traits and things that you have passed on to them as well and passing those down to their, their children who will carry on and then, of course, the life cycle just goes on and on. With that being said, the way that the children are brought up is very crucial to the way that they behave and act as adults. We have to be very good role models and show them the way, uh, the proper way, the ethical way of carrying their life and carrying themselves. You know, parents have probably the most influence over their children because we are 
you know, believe it or not, are their role models and they look up to us and watch us every step of the way. You know, we're around them, they're around us more than uh, anybody else. And they see what goes on behind the scenes all the time. Our children will follow the behavior that we model. And again, we must be very careful on how we present ourselves around them. So we give them the right example to follow. And, you know, this is not only true with how we behave, but this is also true in the way that we eat. And again, we need to show them the proper ways of doing this. So being a father of two myself, I know the struggles of needing to provide and care for youngins. It's not an easy task by any means. It's probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. And honestly, it is probably going to be one. It's probably the hardest thing that I'll ever have to do is raising children and raising uh, upright citizens when they get out of the house. You know, it, it comes with the changing of the diapers, the sleepless nights, you know, make, making sure that they don't kill themselves. <laughs> they, they find ways to hurt themselves, even if it's completely foolproof. They could be in a padded room and find a way to hurt themselves. So we have to be mindful of that. And now I'm in the age range of homework. My children are 6 and 11, so you know we're, we're just starting to get into the, the middle school, kind of getting into the bigger workloads, and it's only going to get worse from there into high school. Of course, the responsibilities and things with children, that list is a, a mile wide. It just goes on and on. So after dealing with all the stuff, all the responsibilities that we have as parents and as adults, honestly, I want to do is to haul my butt into the kitchen and cook a meal uh, and then clean. Honestly, cleaning is the worst part of it. I don't mind cooking, but I have been told that I make a big mess when I cook. So I would just clean up after myself. It might make cleaning a little bit easier. But on the other hand, I have 11 year old boy that needs to learn some responsibility. So I'll just, I'm going to have him start cleaning up the kitchen a little bit more regularly. And that way I don't have to worry about it. But anyway, cooking can become a chore if we let it become a chore during these hectic times. And we just got to keep the bigger picture in mind when we are providing these meals for our families. And we go through the, the work and the struggles of growing or harvesting that either meat or vegetables, we're going to have a little more pride and willingness to cook that up properly and actually serve and show what we have created. We have to overcome these obstacles and the thought of this is a burden because it's not a burden. You're, you're getting so much out of cooking for your family and having the uh, children eat nutritional meals to feed their bodies as they grow. Our children depend on us and we must not let them down. This comes with everything as role models to protecting them, make sure the household's secure, make sure we're bringing in enough money to the household, and then also being able to provide nutritious meals for them uh, daily. And they're not going to do it themselves. We have to show them the way and make sure that they follow that. That way they can be healthier. Being able to consistently cook homemade meals with fresh clean ingredients has its health benefits, but it also provides structure, provides quality time with the family if you all do it together, which I strongly encourage that you all cook together, you know, give everyone a little job or duty to do, make it fun. This will build memories as well that will last you a lifetime and it's going to create positive habits that will also carry along with your children for a lifetime and for generations to come as well. So there's many, many benefits to cooking with your children and showing them the importance and how to do these things. 
to me, one of the best things at the end of the day is being able to sit down with my family around the dinner table and hear about everyone's day and what had went on throughout that day. Because, you know, I'm at work, my wife's at work, the kids are at school, we don't really get to spend the day together. So this family time at the table is the best time for us to sit down and catch up with each other. And kids that are in the age group that my children are, they are at the point to where they think fart jokes are funny. So more times than not at the dinner table, one joke will be said or a not so appropriate noise will be made. And my kids will bust up laughing and then it just comes to complete craziness at the table. And, you know, my wife gets that appalled look on her face because, you know, these are not appropriate things to be saying at a dinner table. So I have to bring order back to the table and doing that without laughing myself at some of these things that my kids say, it can be challenging at times. Let me put it that way. But anyway, with, with all the fart jokes and silly noises aside, my children really enjoy and look forward to the nightly dinner table gatherings, not just for the food, but to have the opportunity to sit down and share what they had done with the day and just to talk with us and to hear about, you know, what mom did for the day, what dad did for the day, what we found great, what we found frustrating. So, yeah, it's it's a great way to connect. My children have a respect and understanding of the food we serve, and they are not afraid to try new things, which I can't say for a lot of children that I know. But, you know, my kids, they're, they're open to trying new things, which is uh, amazing. This primarily is because we raise them to be adventurous and not to shy away from unfamiliar things, especially when it comes to food. The main rule in my house when it comes to food is you have to try it once. If you tell me that you don't like it and you haven't tried it, that's nonsense. I don't believe it. You don't know until you actually try it. Everyone has to try it once. Whatever it is, if it's something new to you, you have to try it once. And if you don't like it, you can spit it out in the trash and then I will make you something different. That is my rule. And that's the only real rule I have around food in the house and that we don't waste food. You know, when it comes to my children, that, that's one of the most important rules that I have is that you must try it once. And if you don't like it, you may spit it out. In my opinion, if my children or any children in that matter eat junk food all the time and they don't have the family dinner atmosphere to sit down and really get to know what's going on within the family, not knowing about the hard work that goes into preparing each meal, the serving of each meal, the cleaning of uh, after each meal, they would not have the understanding and appreciation of it that they do right now. I know that the dinner table really is not utilized as much as it has been in the past with American families. And I think it's kind of deteriorating the more that we go. And to me, this is a huge disservice to the families and to the children, especially because they're missing out on all these precious moments that they have as a family. And we all know that these moments do not last forever. The kids are going to grow up. They're going to move on. They're going to have their own families and you're not going to see them that often. So this is a great time to cherish the time we have with our children and to teach them and show them different things that they can use throughout their life and that will benefit them greatly. When both of my children were infants and they were able to eat pureed foods, we very rarely fed them Gerber baby food. Just we didn't like the fact that we were feeding them processed foods all the time. So, you know, the only time we used those is when we absolutely had to. And that was usually if we took a long trip somewhere and had no other way of transporting the stuff because they are pretty easy to 
transport those little bitty jars. Other than that, you know, my wife would cook up carrots, peas, potatoes, chicken and noodles, and other various items. She would blend those herself and use those to feed the children. So we would make our own purees at home. And just for clarification, she didn't blend them all together. That would be absolutely disgusting if you put carrots, peas, potatoes, chicken noodles, and you know, various other items in the same blender. Well, that would probably turn them off from food altogether and they just wouldn't eat. So that, that's not healthy. Anyway, back back to what I was saying. She, she would blend these things up puree them and then feed them with homemade food. We found out that this worked very well and the thing that we liked the most is that we had control over what was going into our little ones bodies. So we knew exactly what kind of meat, what kind of vegetables, there was no extra sodium or anything like that in there. So that, that was very important to us. When we cook for the babies, we didn't add salt. We didn't add pepper. We didn't add spices. We may have added a little bit of herbs here and there, whether it's parsley or, or oregano, depending on what it is. And, you know, that, that was rare. We really wanted to find the freshest, cleanest meats and vegetables and just let the natural flavings work in conjunction with each other. And that right there is where it's really important to know what flavors complement each other. Knowing that helped us a lot with putting these things together. And needless to say, you know, our kids ate it up. They very rarely refused to eat and they would usually finish their meals completely. With doing this when they were young, it really set the tone with them that fresh clean food is good and that the vegetables and fruits and other healthy items are not their enemy you know unlike other children that i know who refuse to eat anything but chicken nuggets and hamburgers or chips and it's just not healthy i hate to imagine what kind of health problems that poor child will endure later on in his life if he keeps up the habits of not eating fresh vegetables and getting the proper nutrients into his body. This is not the child's fault and I understand that. I realize that. This is something that the parents need to take control of and make sure that they are leading by the right example and not taking the easy way out because I tell you what, it's it's a hell of a lot easier to go and buy something from Burger King or McDonald's and just give them the bag and they go ahead and eat it or you all sit down at the table and pull out the Chinese takeout, not have to clean up the dishes. Everything's in the little plastic containers and you just eat and then whatever's left over you put in the fridge and you can have it again tomorrow. That That's easy. I'm not saying that I don't do that on occasion. I don't, I, okay, I don't do the McDonald's. I don't do the Burger King. I don't do any of the fast food. I will do Chinese takeout every once in a while, maybe once every two weeks or once a month that's kind of where we're at and then you know we do cheat with pizza here and there and again to clarify not papa john's or domino's we actually get pizzeria pizza so children are very curious when they're young i mean we're all curious that's just who we are as human beings with children being so curious and wanting to learn and soak up new things you know they will try new things they will try new food only if it's presented to them in the right way and that it's got to be presented in a way that grabs them and, and is exciting or interests them or makes them makes that curiosity peak if if that makes sense so with that being said we're going to kind of break it down into the taste patterns there's five different categories when it comes to taste those categories are seeing hearing smelling feeling and finally tasting so really what that means is that if the food looks good if the food sounds interesting to the child I mean, the sound of searing in a pan, you know, how when you got a hot pan, you put a chicken breast or even vegetables and you get that sear on there. That's interesting. That peaks a peaks interest. Or if you got the burning, uh, popping wood from the grill, if you have a wood grill or, you know, when you turn on the gas grill, you get the 
sound, that's interesting. That piques their interest. If the food smells good, they're going to want to try it. If it smells good, it creates that sensation of, wow, what is that? I want that. And if it feels good, no, I'm talking about not soggy, limp, or tough. So the food can't be unnatural feeling. It's got it's got to be crisp or firm and soft if you know you're going for that texture. But it can't be unnatural feeling. And finally, it's got to taste good. It doesn't matter what it is. If you have all these five categories or all these five tastes in your food, they're going to want to have some. It doesn't matter who they are, kids, adults, everyone's going to want to taste it. So just make sure that you are focusing on making it look good, making it taste good, making it sound interesting, make sure it smells good, and also make sure it feels good and it's not soggy, limp, or tough. When we get the kids involved in cooking, this is another very important thing. So when we get them involved in the uh, cooking process, we show them how all these senses work and how everything comes together and where everything comes from. Real quick, I had a pretty busy day yesterday. I was out in the woods doing some uh, archery hunting and I was lucky enough or fortunate enough to bring down pretty nice deer, pretty big body buck. And I brought him back and I needed some help because I, I hunt solo. So I don't really have a buddy to help me with it. And tell you, I was exhausted by the time I got him out of the woods and onto the car and then back to the house. But anyway, with where I'm going with this is that I asked my son who is 11, if he could help me because we had to clean it up and get it hung, uh, get the cape off and the meat cool down. So he got to see that whole process from when I brought the deer home, how to clean it properly, how to get it hung up, how to skin it, and just get the meat prepared for butchering. Right now it's actually in the cooler cooling on some ice, but we'll probably butcher that up tomorrow. So he's going to help me with that as well. And then we're going to vacuum seal, seal that too. So he really understands or knows where that meat that he's going to be consuming at a later date, where it came from. And it just gives a better respect to the food that you're eating. And you know we have to respect the animal that we are so fortunate enough to have harvested by preparing the animal correctly and making sure that we make the food taste good and just show our respects to that being that had given us life for us to uh, consume. So really, next time when you go to cook, I'm not saying that you got to take your, your kids out and butcher a whole animal. I'm not saying that. But the next time you go to cook, whether it's pasta or you, know, you can do cookies or you can do pizza night, you know, whatever you want to do, just get the kids involved. Let them cut some vegetables. Let them season the meat. Let them start the fire for the grill if they're old enough and they're not going to burn themselves or burn down the house. Give them something exciting to do to where they feel involved and feel like they're being a part of the whole process. And one thing that we've done uh, too is we've played restaurants. We, we set up different things. One of us would be the waiter. One of us would be the chef. One of us would be sous chef. And we would just run all that. Someone would take menu orders. Others would be cooking. So we'd make a little game out of it and just make it fun for the kids. So, you know, those are a few ideas that you could do to get the kids started. And if you let them become part of the experience, they will then and only then will they really become excited for cooking and for the meals that you are serving to them on a daily basis. Cooking to me is amazing. Amazing, especially when it comes to children in the kitchen. Yeah, I remember when both of my kids cooked for the first time. My son learned how to make scrambled eggs. I believe it was his grandma showed him how to do it one day when I was out at work. I think he was, he might have been nine maybe 10. I remember him coming up to me the next morning and saying, dad, you have to try my eggs. They are the best. 
to be honest with you, he did a really good job. The eggs were fluffy. They were seasoned well, not dry, not burnt. So I was, I was incredibly impressed. And then also the glow in his eye when he presented it to me is something that I will never forget. And let me tell you, if you never witnessed that, it's truly exceptional. You know, if you get a chance, you know, teach your kids how to cook and then let them run with it and you'll see what I'm talking about. Then with my little girl, you know, she's a little younger. She's six. And when I think she was five, it might have been last Christmas. So her and her mom were making cookies for Christmas because I think they're sugar cookies and was in the living room or I forgot where it was, but I knew they were making cookies and, you know, I could hear them having a good time playing and goofing around. And the, the house started to smell like baked cookies. And we all know that smell, you know, at Christmas time, holiday time, the wonderful smell of desserts and all that wonderful food that's being cooked up for the celebrations. But anyway, she come running into the uh, living room where I was and had a plate with two cookies on it. And she's like, daddy, these are the best cookies ever. They're even better than yours. And you know, when you got a five-year-old girl that's so excited about what she had made, I mean, you have to take it and try it right away. And I had to agree, they were they were really good. She did a wonderful job. And you know, I complimented her cookies more than like five times. She she did a really good job and she was super excited. And she's got a, you know, both her and my son both have the drive and uh, willingness to learn how to cook new things. They want to be involved every time we're in the kitchen. So it, it's really, really neat. And I, again, I encourage everyone that has children to get them involved in the cooking practices as well. Cooking doesn't just give our children a few minutes of entertainment. It truly builds their confidence, creates excitement, provides a sense of accomplishment, and also builds skills that will stay with them for their entire life. You know, you can't be depending on somebody else to cook your meals for you. You need to be able to take it upon yourself to feed yourself. When you're introducing healthy eating habits to your children, you really need to stay away from soda. Soda is a big no-no in our house, at least it has been for the last couple of years. The only soda that we really allow in our house would be ginger ale, and that is very rare that we have that on hand. Primarily, it's for upset stomachs or as a reward for my kids' help going above and beyond and helping me clean up the garage or do yard work or something like that, but that is very rare. I mean, when I say rare, I'm talking maybe once or twice a year, so we, we very rarely drink soda here. We don't drink Pepsi, Coke, Mountain Dew, any of those color sugar induced drinks, they're just, they're terrible for you. And I mean, they're even worse for your kids because they haven't fully developed yet. Some of the disadvantages of soda are high sugar and calorie content, which can lead to overweight and tooth decay. So if you don't want high dentist bills, stop giving your kids soda. It suppresses child's appetites. So they are less hungry for real food and it may deplete their bones of calcium due to a common ingredient found in sodas called, and I believe I'm going to pronounce this right, phosphorus. It's an ingredient that there is found in quite a few sodas. And I didn't know about that, but that, that is pretty alarming as well. I'll put a link in the description of the podcast after this. So you can look at it and do a little research on your own if you would like. You know, personally, and I'm going to be 100% honest with you, I like soda. I like the way it tastes. It tastes good. Dr. Pepper is probably one of my favorites. But I stopped drinking it maybe two years ago. And I switched to filtered water from the fridge. Honestly, since I've done that, I've, I've felt better. I've had more energy. I sleep better. And I'm also saving money because I'm not spending the money on the soda. I'm drinking water, as I said, from my fridge. I use a Arctic tumbler, 30 ounce, and put ice in it. And that's good for pretty much all day long. And I can fill it up as I need. If I'm at the house, I can fill it up as many times as I want. So really, really a lot of advantages with that. But you, you will feel better if you cut out the soda. I used to drink soda probably two, three times a day. Let's say maybe 
at least two 20 ounce sodas a day, if not a little bit more. And yeah, I cut that out uh, just because I became more aware of the risks and how it was affecting my body. All right. So we're, what we're really trying to say with this podcast and through all the information that we talked about, you know, our children need to know where their food comes from and have an appreciation for the meals that they consume. And we as parents must not take the easy route out and just provide them with the junk food just because it's easier and more convenient. It doesn't take that much longer to provide nutritious organic meals. I mean, some of these things can be done ahead of time. You can put them in the freezer. You can have them pulled out ready to go. You can even prep more than one portion and have that in the fridge for later on in the week. So it's not difficult. And honestly, for the parents, if if you're not sure how to prepare or cook food, if you don't know how to cook, if you don't know where to get the food from to make sure it's the cleanest and the freshest, you know, we, we can help you with that and make Make sure that you're you have the tools necessary to do these things for your children and for you as well. So you want to make sure that you're taking advantage of all of the options that are out there to be able to cook and eat healthier. You know, if we do not introduce our children to these healthy eating habits early and make sure that they have appreciation for what they're eating and know the ins and outs of the whole process from beginning to end, they're they're gonna end up being very picky and close-minded become unhealthy in their eating choices, not just now, but it's going to carry on through their lifetime. And if you instill habits into them young, those will carry on with them for the rest of their lives, whether they're good habits or bad habits. And we want to make sure that we're giving them the good habits. With all this being said, I understand that we're not going to be able to prevent them from trying these processed foods altogether. I mean, my kids love Doritos. You know, we limit that as much as we can, but you know, they're going to find these things at school during the school lunches. Whether it, you know, if they're hanging out with their friends, they're going to have friends that don't follow the same eating habits that we do here at home, and they're going to have that temptation to actually try these things. Which I I don't blame them. I don't fault them for that. It, it's normal. I mean, it, they taste good. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to deny that. I like Doritos too. I just choose not to eat them. And even grandma's house. Grandma's going to give them a little slip here and there. You know, that that's what grandmas do. They spoil the kids and they kind of go against what the parents would like at some times. We, we got to make sure that we are introducing the right things inside the household to pretty much outweigh the negative outside influences. And, you know, if you do that, it's not easy by any means, but it's it's definitely worth the hassle and the struggle to instill these healthier eating habits within the household and try to overcome the outside influences as much as possible. And if we do this, our children will live a healthier, happier life if we just cut out the GMO processing altogether. Well, with all that being said, I know we've covered a lot today uh, around this topic, but you know that pretty much wraps up everything that I wanted to discuss with you around introducing children to healthier eating habits. So we will be back here Friday, November 20th with another episode, and we do have an exciting interview show lined up at the end of the month. So, you know, make sure you tune in for that. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe. And if you found this episode helpful or insightful, make sure you leave a rating and review. Those really go a long way. And, you know, I do ask that you share this with your friends and with your family members, anyone that you may feel that would benefit from this podcast and what we're doing with Sizzle and Arrow Outdoors. I would much appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. We will see you back here the third week of November. Cheers, everyone.